Hello, this is the World Economic News by Coldwater Economics for Thursday the 2nd of July. It aims to identify the issues raised in today's global economic data and perhaps say a little about what lies behind them. In today's bulletin, I'll be looking at labour markets in the US and Europe, trying to work out just how bad things are as we come out of the worst impact of the coronavirus. I'm afraid it's impossible to do this without tangling with the numbers in some detail, but bear with me. When we bash our way through that jungle, we will be rewarded with a view and a path forward. In the US today, which today reported on June's labour markets, there were 17.75 million unemployed, with an unemployment rate which dropped 1.2 percentage points on the month to 11.1%. June saw employment recover 4.94 million on the household survey count and 4.8 million on the establishment count. That's the non-farm payrolls number which gets quoted. Consequently, unemployment fell 3.235 million. In the US, you are counted as unemployed if you are temporarily or permanently absent and are not being paid, even if you are continuing to receive benefits. If you're not working but expect to be recalled, you're also unemployed but on temporary layoff. And that's where the big changes are showing up. In June, the number of unemployed people on temporary layoff fell by 4.8 million to 10.6 million. That's following a decline of 2.7 million in May. That's good. Less good is that the number of permanent job losses rose 588,000 in June to 2.9 million. But that in turn was offset by a rise of 711,000 in the number of people returning to the workforce. That came to 2.4 million in June. And that in turn has meant that the labour participation rate rose 0.7 percentage points to 61.5%, which means it's recovered roughly half the losses sustained between February and April. And in the longer run, that's probably what matters because it is in the labour participation rate that we'll begin to see how much, open quotes, economic scarring, close quotes, we're likely to see from the lockdown. As that participation rate keeps recovering, so the likelihood of significant economic scarring retreats. Over to Europe. Today, the EU released Eurozone unemployment data for May, peak coronavirus lockdown data. And it reported that the unemployment rate uh, ticked up just 0.1 percentage point to 7.4%, with unemployment rising 159,000 on the month to 12.126 million. There was particularly good news from France, where the unemployment rate fell 0.6 percentage points to 8.1, and Spain, where it fell 0.1 percentage points to 14.5%. If you look at it in year-on-year terms, Eurozone unemployment has fallen, fallen 259,000, or by 4.6% year-on-year. Really? Eurostat is it pains to assure us that these figures are compiled according to international labour organisation standards. And that counts people as unemployed if they've been actively seeking work in the last four weeks and can start work within the next two weeks. But that, of course, is going to exclude not only 
all those on furlough, but also those who, because of the lockdown, can't actually start a job within the next two weeks. In these circumstances, then, the ILO measure is not going to tell us what's happening in Europe's labour markets. Consider, for example, what's happening in Germany. Germany's unemployment rate rose 0.1 percentage point to 3.9% in May, with employment down a seasonally adjusted 273,000, while the number unemployed rose 41,000 to 1.93 million. Underemployment was also up um, about 170,000 on the month. But if you look at the applications for short-time working allowances, these came to 1.06 million people during the first 27 days of May. Adding to the 10.66 million applications received in March and April. 10.66 million in March and April in an economy with employment standing at 44.6 million people. So it's about a quarter of the workforce that's encountered as employed is also applying for short-term working allowances. In France, where the unemployment rate, as I say, fell to 8.1%, with apparently 191,000 fewer unemployed at 2.415 million, that number doesn't count the number of people protected by the furlough scheme in which the government picks up 80% of the bill for furloughed workers. By the beginning of April, the numbers on furlough were around 3.6 million, and most recently, the figure was put at more than 13 million people. 13 million people in an economy where total payrolls are about 25 million. It's about half. Meanwhile, France is developing plans for a furlough programme that would last up to two years, with the government paying 85% of the costs, all in order to stop that unemployment number rising. To be honest, the story isn't that much different in the UK, because it also uses the ILO definitions for unemployment. You may remember that in mid-June, the UK announced unemployment rate was unchanged at 3.9% in the three months to May with employment actually up 6,000. But it's the same problem. The numbers aren't the ones we need to get an idea of what's actually going on. Experimental data from the Treasury pay-as-you-earn tax returns found a fall of 612,000 in the number of payroll employees comparing May with early March. And the number of people claiming benefits rose from 1.2 million to 2.8 million in May. Estimates of the number of people furloughed run from 9 million to 11 million in an employed workforce of about 33 million. Or, frankly, you can look at Italy. Well, frankly, the data is just a mess in Italy. Uh, In April, the unemployment rate unbelievably fell by 1.7 percentage points to 6.3% solely because there was a major exodus of people from the workforce altogether which pushed the inactivity rate up by two percentage points to 38.1%. To put that in some sort of context, inactivity rate in Britain is about half of that, about 20.2%. Today, we learned that Italy's unemployment rate, after very substantial revisions to April results, rose 1.2 percentage points to 7.8, with the inactivity rate falling to 37.3%. Moral, in Italy, we shouldn't be watching the unemployment rate at all, but rather the inactivity rate. 
What do we take from all this? First, that the very high rates of unemployment still showing in the US are pretty explicit about the extent of the problem, but they are also now showing a healthy net re-entry of people into the workforce, which is likely to limit economic scarring during the recovery. In Europe, including the UK, official unemployment levels are much lower, but government finance furlough schemes are keeping the numbers down quite dramatically. By how much? Anything from around a quarter of those officially employed in Germany to around a third in the UK to around half in France. What we need to see in these countries is precisely the sort of recovery in labour participation rates we've begun to see in the US and, to a lesser extent, the UK. Well, that's it for today. Tomorrow is a quiet day, the US is on holiday, and most of the rest of the data is coming from markets, services PMIs for Asia and Europe. I expect it will be a much shorter bulletin. Thank you for listening. If you've got something out of it, please help spread the word about the bulletin in any way you can. If you'd like to know more about cold water economics, please feel free to contact me, Michael Taylor, on mjtcoldwater at fastmail.com.